Welcome to Talkin' SEC. Writer, photographer, and producer Philip Jordan discusses the latest news and breaks down the biggest games with the best analyst around. Now, from Southeast Alabama, a state that knows its sports, here is Philip Jordan. Welcome, everybody, to this special, rare Saturday morning podcast here on Talking SEC. I am your host, Philip Jordan, from Last World on College Football and 96.9 The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm an in studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football. We're going to have a fun show for you guys today to get your weekend started right, get your college football Saturday started right. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by Brandon Eisman from Last World College Football and LSU Wire to preview all the SEC games this weekend. And we got a couple bonus college games we're going to pick as well when i get brandon on before we do that let you guys know you can find me in the podcast you can find me on social media at p jordan sec you can find the show on social media at talking sec pod of course the podcast is on apple podcast spotify youtube and all your favorite podcast platforms if you are on apple podcast please subscribe rate and review the review i will read it on a future edition of the show you can always email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com now let's preview this week's SEC games with Brandon Eisman from Last World College Football and LSU Wire. Everybody joining me today on Talking SEC on this special Saturday podcast edition. Uh, probably the only time you guys will get a Saturday podcast. But anyways, joining me to preview and pick all the games this weekend in the SEC. And uh, we'll pick some couple games outside SEC as well. Brandon Eisman, he covers the LSU Tigers for LSU Wire, and he covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for Last Word on College Football. Now, Brandon, as always, appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, how's your week been going? Yeah, first off, I uh, appreciate you having me on again, Philip. and yeah, man, my week's going uh, pretty, pretty good so far. That sounds good, sounds good, and of course, I am, I guess I haven't really said this on a podcast, I'm kind of experimenting with the going daily thing for the last couple of weeks here of the regular season college football, so these last two or three weeks, Brandon will be here on the Next week will be on Friday, uh, the Friday podcast where we will pick and preview all the games. Kind of a nice little 20, 30-minute podcast to get you into the weekend, or in this case, get you ready for the weekend on the start of the weekend. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting weekend of games all around. Uh, but, Brandon, I, we, did, we didn't talk about this off air. So if you don't want to talk about this, I can completely edit this whole thing out. That's a beautiful podcast. But college football-wise, I think there's a interesting topic going right now. Uh, no, not Sarah Fuller, everybody. We're not getting in that conversation because I am not getting in trouble with the Internet. But opt-outs. Uh, players opting out. Of course, both teams you cover have this happened this week. Rakeem Boyd for Arkansas is opting out. And then Terrence Marshall this past Sunday for LSU announced he is opting out, which are they really opting out this late in the season? I don't think that's the right term. Uh, where, where are you on this where players deciding this late in the season decide, hey, I'm done? Yeah, Philip. you know, I think it's kind of a, a bashful uh, move to to play six, seven, eight games in the season and be like, oh, you know, take Marshall at LSU, for instance. We're, you know, we're uh, three and five right now. I'm just, you know, I'm going to opt out. I, I can go play, you know, be drafted first, second round uh, next three. Uh, look, I really don't think it's a good move to do that. If you're going to opt out, do it before the season like Jamar Chase did, like so many other players. Then why play and why put your team and your coaches through all, you know, that work and stuff to coach you and teach you and then, 
you opt out with, you know, two or three games left in your season. Uh, I don't really understand that. If if you know that you're going to be potentially leaving to go pursue a career in the NFL, why not just opt out before you play your first game? That way you allow your team to find the next man up to replace you instead of having to do it with, you know, two or three games left. I really don't get it, and I don't like the fact that they're doing it so late into the season. Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, and, and I said this earlier on the week. I get it with the bowl part of it if you're going to do it. I mean, it's a bowl game. But I don't know. There's just something that doesn't seem right about it when you're a couple games left in regular season. Your teammates that you've battled with all year long, I hate to say it, but it's almost like you're quitting on the team, in my opinion. I mean, finish it out. I mean, finish these last couple of games out before you go. I mean, on the Rakeem Boyd part of it, he has dealt with injuries this year, and he had to sit out the last game that's LSU due to COVID reasons. So maybe with him, that's different. If you're dealing with some injuries during the year, you've been hampered, okay. But Terrence Marshall, he didn't need to do it. He was healthy. He could have finished the year out. That I guess that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. I just kind of feel like you're kind of um, – you're just leaving your team high and draw it out. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Look, Marshall certainly is just kind of, you know, quitting on the team. Look, I hate to bash LSU players like that, but, man, it's true. Um, he became the top target when Chase opted out before the season began. Um, and, you know, he's been as productive as he can be with what LSU has given him in the passing game this year, uh, which really hasn't been a lot. Um, but, I just, man, I just can't get over the fact that he did that. To first of all, to do it the week of probably the biggest game of the year for you know LSU playing Bama on Saturday. Uh, so now you're really putting the, the offense in, a, in an uncomfortable situation because you're having to make the freshman guy step up or you know another veteran guy step up in place of you because you want to miss the final two or three games to go prepare for the draft. Um, it, it just makes no sense to me, you know, why players would contemplate waiting so long in the season to do it. I just, I don't get it, man. Yeah, I don't either. And but you know, it is what it is. And I wonder if when we do get back to normal, this will have, you know, you'll see this even when everything is normal. Uh, when we're out of the, I guess, the COVID era of college athletics and everything else uh, going on. But uh. You know, we do have an interesting week of SEC football this weekend. We're going to start with games involving the two teams that you do cover, uh, leading off with Arkansas playing at Missouri. Missouri's a three-point favorite here. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff on SEC Network. And for anybody new to the show, I always say Central Time because me and Brandon, we are in the state of Alabama. We're on Central Time. So I always use the Central Time Zone for anybody out there wondering. Uh, just a quick some notes. Arkansas has not played since they lost to LSU a couple weeks ago. They had to sit out last week due to COVID because actually these two teams were supposed to play last week, but then SEC made some scheduling changes. Missouri, you know, they are playing really well right now. They started 0 and 2 on the season. They've now won four of five. They're four and three. Their only loss in that stretch was to Florida, 41 to 17. They've only allowed 20 points in their last three wins defensively. They're playing well. So, but. Missouri being a three-point favorite here, I'm I'm figuring this is going to be a close game. Um, I think both teams are going to come out and play really, really well. I feel like Arkansas needs this win a little bit more for their season sitting at three and five. Uh, I actually think 
you know, I'm going to pick this one first, Brandon. I think Arkansas is going to win this game. Probably going to be 100% wrong here. Uh, where are you sitting on this game? Yeah, Philip, uh, considering that I picked the Razorbacks to win in my preview article for this game of football, uh, I'm going to take Arkansas 31-27. I think they cover the spread. I think they win about four. But I like Missouri as a football team this year. They're really, really good. Connor Brazil as a quarterback. He's become one of my favorite quarterbacks in the SEC uh, in such a short uh, time span this year. But I think Arkansas can do some things that Missouri is not going to be able to cover. And I think that Pittman and that staff, they, look, they, they're turning this thing around in Fayetteville. And this would be a big win for them, even though they're going to play Alabama to end the season next week or the 19th, whatever day they play. Um, so you get your fourth win this weekend. I think it's a big win for Arkansas. Tough loss for Missouri. Um, but give me the hogs here, man. Yeah. You know, this is going to be an interesting game, too, because an award may be up up for grabs here. Uh, SEC Coach of the Year, uh, potentially. Uh, I mean, I don't think any Saban or Dan Mullen or Jimbo Fisher get it. I, I mean, I don't think they should. I mean, it's, I'm not saying their jobs are easy, but so much talent there. But what these two coaches have done for these programs this year to really turn around, and I I don't know if you remember this. I disagreed with Missouri getting rid of Barry Odom, which this is the Barry Odom Bowl because he's the defense coordinator at Arkansas. So Eli Drinkwitz did not come into a horrible situation because I do believe – Missouri was six and six last year. Didn't go to a bowl game, but you also throw Lane Kill, uh, Lane Kiffin can't talk tonight. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss into this situation too. He is up there. You've got to be considering him for SEC Coach of the Year. So this, this game could go a long way too and determine who wins that award. Yeah, yeah, it certainly could. And look, Philip, I'm by no means an Arkansas fan. I just cover the team, um, but I will say that if it was me voting, I would give it to Pittman and. Really, the reason I would give it to him is not because of their record, but because the fact that, look, Arkansas went 0-16 the last two years in SEC play, and he's already got them at three wins. Yeah, they're 3-5 and five right now. But just the way and the manner in which he and that staff have turned that program around. And look, I'm not knocking Eli Drinkwood, Steve Kiffin, any of those guys, but if you dive deep into this, what Pittman has already done this year, what he's going to continue to do at Arkansas, could win him coach of the year this year. Um, you know, usually you would think that it would go to, you know, one of the top teams that has, you know, that's coaching in the conference. But this year, I don't think it's going to. Um, I think most deserving is Pittman, but I could definitely see Drinkwitz or even Wayne Kiffin there. But yeah, this game definitely has uh, the potential for that award to be up for grabs here. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll see who, who pulls it out. And if you look at it from Arkansas and Ole Miss standpoint, with Coach of Year, I don't really think they use head to head as a as a turning factor on Coach of Year. But you know, Arkansas did beat Ole Miss earlier uh, this year, so you know, I guess you got you can put that in context as well. So uh, the other team you cover, the LSU Tigers, and I'm sure you're really looking forward to picking this game and talking about this game. They do play Alabama, number one. This is a makeup game. They were supposed to play a couple weeks ago. CBS was going to make sure they got this. It's 7 o'clock in primetime. Alabama is at 29 and a half point favor. And I had Alan Bell on the show on Friday, and he put out a stat that I didn't even know about. In 40 years, they have, 
was the last time you had a defending champion that was this big of an underdog in a game. Uh, like I said, 29 and a half is where Alabama's favorite here. Alabama, I guess you say they're looking for payout from last year when they lost to LSU. Uh, LSU did struggle offensively last week against Texas A&M. Defensively, they actually played pretty well against the Aggies. So I, I'm going to let you uh, let you kick this one off, Brandon. Uh, just uh, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts? LSU being a 29 and a half point favorite, Alabama in this game on Saturday night. Oh boy! Oh man! Look, I don't want to pick this game. Um, it, look, it's such an easy pick. I just don't want to do it. Um, I look. I'm going with Alabama. I don't think LSU has enough offensive firepower to stay within 28 points uh, of the Crimson Tide here. Uh, I was talking to my dad earlier before I recorded this, and he, I, I, um, I was watching Ed Ogeron's press conference from Thursday, and he, was, he said that T.J. Finley was going to be the starting quarterback, so I texted my dad. I was like, hey, Finley's starting against Alabama. And he was like, yeah, he's going to throw like three interceptions. I was like, man, he's going to be pulled before halftime. Um and, look, that might be the case because the way that LSU lacked the ability to move the ball on offense last week against Texas A&M, now keep in mind the defense played well, like you said, but the offense is a big, big issue at LSU, and it has been all season. Even though Miles Brennan is out, even though he played well the first couple games before he got hurt, the offense was still an issue. Um, and that's just something that they've dealt with all season that they're going to continue to deal with. Now, the defense has been questionable, too. But, man, I don't see LSU being able to stop Alabama once they get rolling. Once Matt Jones starts hitting Devontae Smith on 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown passes, this thing's over by halftime. Um, I'm going to take Bama really big. I'm going to take Bama 52-14. to 14. <laughs> As much as that pains me to say that, um, I, I just don't see LSU scoring a lot of points uh, just because of how depleted the offenses look the last couple of weeks. Now, I'm going to throw something out there. And like I said, me and Alan Bell yesterday, we talked about this game. And I made a point. Look, I I don't think LSU wins. Alabama's going to win this game big. That's just my feeling on the game. But I could see Ed Orgeron being Ed Orgeron as he is, get this team really fired up to open the game. And they'll come out, home crowd. No, it's not you know a full Death Valley, but it is that night. There will be some fans there, so the group that is there will be lively. Could you see a scenario where maybe LSU comes out in that first quarter with a lot of emotion and energy and kind of catches Alabama off guard to start? Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And honestly, that that's kind of my, my thinking going in is that look, LSU's going to come out and they're going to be hyped up. Um, because look, LSU beat Bama last year for the first time in eight years, enter out to their national championship. But this is a completely different team. And, and just given the way that LSU has looked the last couple of weeks, I mean, you got the 48 to 11 blowout loss at Auburn. You got the, the scrap game against Arkansas where the offense didn't look that great. And you got the game last week against AM. So I think Oregon going to get this team fired up. And I think they could run a couple of things that may confuse Bama. But. Man, that that's probably about all the enjoyment LSU is going to get out of this game because after the first quarter, this thing is over for them. So uh, we're going to transition to the team I cover for last week on college football, the Auburn Tigers, the uh, the Jekyll and Hyde of college football. Never know what you're going to get from week to week. Now they are hosting Texas A&M Saturday at eleven o'clock on ESPN. A&M they are a six and a half point favorite. Now I said on social media last week, I think I put it on both Facebook and Twitter, maybe just Facebook. I don't remember. But I said, look, 
Auburn got blown out by Alabama. But don't be shot if they beat it, uh, Texas A&M, because they are back at home. Gus Malzahn's back's against the wall. Bo Nix plays much better at home. Check this out. Bo Nix has 12 interceptions on the road. He is 4-6. and six. He is 10-1 and one at home, 15 touchdowns, one interception. He's a much different quarterback. Gus Malzahn is like 44-10, and 45-10, but 22-24 on the road. There's a big difference in Auburn, who they are at home and who they are away from Jordan Hare. And it seems like every time Gus Malzahn's on the hot seat, he's in a must-win game, he comes out on top. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm probably going to regret this pick until this game is over, and I am wrong. I think Auburn's going to beat A&M Saturday. I honestly believe Auburn will upset the Aggies. I wasn't overly impressed with what I saw out of LSU. I mean, Texas A&M against LSU. On offense with Kellen Mond. He was 11 for 34, 105 yards. The running game was really good, which is where Auburn struggles. But, um, and I look at the fact that that's the same team Auburn lit up, you know, a few weeks ago for 300 yards passing. So I think there's an opportunity Auburn can come out if they can uh, protect Bo Nix and he does not turn the ball over. I think Auburn's got a great opportunity at winning this game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Auburn to beat A&M. Yeah, Philip. you know, I'm probably going to regret this just like you are. I'm going to take Auburn, too. Um, and it's not just because of A&M playing, I guess you could say, below average on offense last week against LSU, but also the fact that Bernays is came one at home. Auburn is a much, much better team at home than they are on the road. Man, they proved that last week in Tuscaloosa. But, um, look, I think Florida to make the playoffs. And I really need A&M to lose another game for that to happen. Because if A&M stays in, if they beat Auburn, if they went out, there, there's a, a tiny, tiny percent chance they could, you know, squeak into the playoff. Um, and I think they'll get demolished if they do. But I, I just think that if A&M was to slip up in their final few games, this is it. This is the game they're going to slip up in. Um, because I think Auburn, after that loss against Emma last weekend, they're going to come out hyped up. They're going to come out wanting to win. And I can see Bowdoin's having a really, really solid game in this game. And I think Auburn might even be able to get the, the ground game going a lot, too. So give me a You know, my biggest concern for Auburn here is the fact, are they over the Alabama game? That's a big thing because you can't let Alabama beat you two weeks in a row. And, of course, Auburn, you're used to seeing that is the last time uh, the last game of the regular season is Alabama. You're not used to, unless they make it to the SEC championship game, and playing another regular season game afterwards. It's the first time this happened since 2001. So where their where is their mind at? That that to me is the biggest thing for Auburn here. Uh, if their mind is right and focused on A and M, I do think they win. But I will say that that does creep in my mind a little bit. Where will their heads be at on Saturday when they do play? And I kind of wonder with the crowd that will be there how they'll be too as well. So and for A&M, it's big because A&M needs to be impressive because if they, if they come in and they beat Auburn by three touchdowns at Auburn, look, Auburn's five and three, but we, you know, I think most people know how good Auburn is. Like we've been mentioning here, how good of a team they are at home. Let's look, everybody gets whooped by Alabama. That's, that's, you know, really no big thing. Really think about it. I mean, it's just, you're just with everybody else, I guess. But yeah, A&M is going to look to want to blow this game out. But yeah, like I said, for me, you know, I'm, I'm picking Auburn still, staying with Auburn, but I do want to know. Let's see where their mind's at. 
the two thirty game on CBS, which we got two games on CBS, the seven o'clock game, the main game will be Alabama and LSU. But at two thirty, you will have number six Florida at Tennessee. Uh, Florida, of course, just take care of business. You'll be in the playoff. If you went out, you're in the playoff. But Florida's a seven and a half point favorite. Look, we talked a lot about this game with Alan Bell on Friday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much about this other than I say Tennessee has no shot. We'll see what they do with quarterback. I think Florida wins this game big. Yeah, yeah. And listen, Tennessee fans that are listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, Florida is going to blow you out, out of the water. Okay? Uh, Kyle Trash, Kyle Pitts, uh, all of Florida's receivers that are running game. Man, Florida's got this thing, even though they started slow against Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago. Um, they, they're going to dominate Tennessee. I, I can see Tennessee putting up like 14 or 17 points in this game. But Florida is such a superior team right now in the East that Tennessee really just stands for shot. And I will say this too, Philip. I was really, really upset with the SEC that they took Florida Tennessee at the two thirty CBS game over A and M and Auburn. Now I kind of get why because Auburn lost to Bama last week. But still, I, I think A and M and Auburn would have been a better uh, two thirty CBS slot over Florida Tennessee. But uh, I'm going to take the games destroy Tennessee. You know, I'll be intrigued with this game because the last two games, last week against Kentucky and the week before that against Vanderbilt, Florida has gotten off to slow starts. They they were only up 17 to 10 over Vanderbilt at halftime. And they that was a late score to go up 17 to 10. And then last week against Kentucky, they pretty much trailed for most of the first half, but then Kadarius Tony had that big pump return. They're at 14 to 10, and they run away with the game in the second half. So that's one thing I'm going to be intrigued with Florida. How good of a start do they get off to in this game? Now, those two games were 11 o'clock games, and we've seen with college football teams, it's, a lot of times it's hard to really get going in that early 11 o'clock time slot. But that's one thing I'm going to be intrigued because that's one thing down the road when you play Alabama in the SEC Championship game. If you're Florida, you cannot get off to that slow start against Alabama. So that's something I'm actually looking for in this game. I mean, like I said, Florida's going to win big, but I will be looking to see how they start against uh, against Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I will too because look, if they continue to start slow, that that's going to you know it could have an effect when they play Bama in the SEC Championship. So uh, they they need to start off fast against Tennessee and keep that going for their final few games. Uh, next up, we got Vanderbilt at number eight, Georgia. This will be on the SEC Network at three. This is the biggest line of the weekend in the SEC. Georgia, they are favored by 35 and a half. Look, Vanderbilt did not play well at all. Of course, Derek Mason was let go on Sunday. Look, they look like a team that had quit on their team, on their coach a little bit because Vanderbilt had been playing hard the previous weeks. Like I mentioned, at Florida, they played hard. They played hard against Kentucky. They had been showing some signs of life uh, with Vanderbilt. Then just to lay an egg against Missouri 41-0, to I was very shocked at that. Uh, not shocked that Missouri won, but just kind of shocked where, where Vanderbilt, how they came out and played. Georgia is playing much better with JT Daniels at quarterback. Uh, they look like a completely different team. Georgia fans must be scratching their heads, said, what is this? Why wasn't he starting for us earlier in the year? And like I said, Georgia's a 35-and-a-half point favorite here. I like Georgia to win. I don't think they cover that. I don't. I I would like to see Vanderbilt come out with a more inspired effort, play hard like they were in previous weeks. But, yeah, I'm going to take Georgia here. They win big, but I don't think they win by 35 points or anything like that. Yeah, give me give me Georgia. Uh, this is a really – I mean, it's really a no-brainer. Uh, and I'm going to take Georgia to cover the spread, too. 
look, I don't see Vanderbilt putting up many points. With JT Daniels in the quarterback now, I think Georgia's going to do a lot of things offensively. Um, man, if they can just fix their defensive issues in this game, they can win by at least 35. All right, now the last game that we're going to talk about, SEC, we got two extra games we're going to pick two here after this one. And, uh, Brandon, these are two teams that are closing out their season. Their regular seasons for both teams are ending. Uh, South Carolina at 2-7 and seven at Kentucky at 3-6. and six. This is on the SEC Network at 6-30. Kentucky is an 11.5-point favorite, so I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people, uh, South Carolina fans, that are happy that the season is coming to a close after the, you know, Horrible year they've had. Uh, Will Muschamp being fired, just trying to get this season over with. And for Kentucky, uh, they'll be looking to go four and six. Uh, Mark Stoops said the team would talk about it as as a group if they wanted to go to a bowl game, if they're invited to one, if they will accept it or not. Look, I think Kentucky wins this game. Kentucky gets right here. Maybe South Carolina keeps this thing close for a half, but I think Kentucky would just be more physical in this game and they will wear down South Carolina. South Carolina, I think, is just ready for the season to be over with. Uh, so I'm going to take Kentucky to win here. I think Kentucky wins by uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with it here, Philip. I'm going to take Kentucky, too. Uh, and I'm going to take the Wildcats by 17. Uh, look, I, I think Carolina can keep it close probably from the first half or so, but Kentucky's going to pull away at the very end. Um, it's been a long year for South Carolina, you know, with the, the losing record and firing Montana, all that stuff that's surrounding them. So, uh, I know, that, I know this is a bad thing to say, man, but I know the fans of South Carolina are ready for the season to be over. Um, but I, I think Kentucky wins on a high note, um, or it finishes the season on a high note, rather, uh, with a win here. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up the SEC slate for this weekend. Now, we're going to quick games now i like to call this the uh the mini iron bowl is it is the battle for the belt school you go to troy trojans they will be at south alabama troy is four and five on the year south alabama's four and six big game for troy they win here they got monroe to close out the year go six and six you become bowl eligible of course next week they play coastal carolina this is a 1 p.m kickoff over on espn3 troy is a four and a half point favorite here and both teams have struggled of late Troy has lost four or five. Only 40 points have they scored in their last three games, all losses. South Alabama has also lost four out of five. Troy did win this game last year. I remember it was a midweek game. It's kind of weird these two playing actually on a Saturday, too. Uh, just they usually play a middle-of-the-week game. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to pick this one first. I'm going to say this. I know Troy has struggled. South Alabama has struggled. They did win last week, but they had lost four in a row before that. I'm I'm going to go with the Trojans here. I think they find a way to get a little bit right here, uh, get to five and five. Oh, Philip, <laughs> can I please rant for a minute about Troy? I feel like I need to get this off my chest. Go for uh, it, man. Think, <laughs> all right, I'm going to sleep my pick for last. I just need to get this out of here, okay? So we go to App State last week, and we get to almost forty-seven to ten. We put up ten points. Now I know App State's a good team; they're a really good team, but. Troy put up 10 points last week. The offense has looked depleted the last couple weeks. The defense has struggled all season. I still say that our defense coordinator needs to be fired. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of staff changes here at Troy, likely, um, during the offseason, just based off the way things have gone. Uh, look, I don't like South. I don't like him at all. But I really... 
as bad as I don't want to pick South, I'm going to pick South because I just can't see Troy putting enough together offensively to win this game just based off the last four or five games. Uh, now, as bad as I want Troy to win, I like South at the beginning of the year. They started out pretty well. Now, they've gone on a slump, uh, you know, last five or six games or so. But then with all the issues that Troy's having between uh, quarterback issues and everything else that's going on, I think South gets the upset here. And honestly, Philip, I'll go ahead and put this out there too. I think Troy's going to finish with a losing record. And I would say something else, but I'll save that for later on in the in, in the month. Um, but I do – I think South wins, and I, I mean – it, it really pains me to say that because I don't like them, but I can I see South pulling this out at the very very end of this game. I think it'll be close, um, but give me give me the Jags, man. All right, and like yeah, if Troy loses this game, then they can kiss it goodbye because it's more than likely they're not beating Coastal Carolina next week unless there's some major injuries or other stuff happens that you know Coastal Carolina can't play their best players. But uh, it's a big win, big game for Troy if they can get this win, and of course for them to move forward and try to get to a bowl game. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how that one uh, shakes out on Saturday. And finally, this this may be the best game because football, you know, two undefeated teams, BYU at nine and zero. Coastal Carolina at nine and zero. Of course, Coastal was originally scheduled to play Liberty, but due to Liberty concerns and uh, positive tests, Liberty uh, is not able to play this week. So BYU steps in. They will play Coastal Carolina. Game day is there uh, at the site of Coastal Carolina. Uh, so that's a big deal for them. This game was originally going to be a one o'clock kickoff. It is now four thirty kickoff. Now BYU is added into the mix on ESPNU. BYU is actually a ten point favorite here. Uh, we were talking about off the air. These are two quarterbacks in this game with Grayson McCall and Zach Wilson. These two quarterbacks do not throw interceptions. There's three total interceptions between the two quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Wilson, 26-2. to And then you have McCall, 20-1. to This could be a big, big deal for Wilson. No more of an audience for him. Uh, of course, he's not going to Heisman. No, no one thinks he's going to jump over Fields, Lawrence, Matt Jones, or Kyle Trask, but still a big, big showing for him potentially to for the rest of the country. And we talked about off air, Brandon. We didn't know where we we're going to go with this game, and you know, neither team's going to be really prepared for each other. Really, I I think BYU is a more talented team, not by much, but I do believe they're more talented and they are the better team of the two. And I like Zach Wilson at quarterback. So I don't think BYU wins this game by 10. I think this is a very close football game, but I am going to go with BYU. Oh, man, I'm taking the Shanta Clears of Coastal Carolina. Uh, look, Philip, both of these teams, well, I guess you could say just BYU, but really both of these teams have gotten disrespected by the playoff committee. First of all, I know BYU's undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. I get that. But they're a really good team. And now they're actually playing somebody. Um, so this could be a really, really big uh, – I mean, it could be a big state to win for BYU, but I'm taking Coastal Carolina. Now, I do agree with you, Philip. I think BYU is the more talented team. But, man, Coastal's just been a dangerous team to play this year. I mean, they get the open season win at Kansas. Uh, who else have they beaten? I don't even know their schedule. Um, but, man, they've just been a really dangerous team all season. And I kind of hate that they didn't get to play Liberty. Because when I saw that they were supposed to play, 
I was really intrigued to be able to watch that game because Liberty's been a good team this year too, but here comes BYU. They're stepping in. Look, man, this is a really big game, not only for both teams, but just for the group of five picture in general um, in terms of a New Year's Six game. But give me Coastal. I think they win it close. Uh, I know you took BYU close, but uh, I think Coastal gets to win at home. BYU suffers their first loss. Uh, but, man, this thing is going to be a, a shootout. It's going to be a really, really good game to watch. Yeah, it will be. Um, one of my devices will be on this game. Of course, I'll be watching all the SEC games on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, my one of the uh, – either the computer or the iPad will definitely be on this game. And, look, at some point, I mean, the two middle-of-the-day games is Florida-Tennessee and uh, Georgia-Vanderbilt. So, those games are going to be blowouts. We know that. So, the TV may eventually get switched over uh, to this game. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, I, I would have been looking forward to Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. Uh, wh- where would you have gone on that between the two? Would you still would have stayed? Would you still would have stayed with Coastal Carolina? Because I would have picked Coastal Carolina if they were Liberty has played. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was going to pick Coastal um, even if they had played, played Liberty. Yeah, so that would be interesting. So, and hey, you freeze. So hey, we're going to be hearing him and maybe talking about him for the next several weeks until these head coaching hires get uh, filled in the SEC. So, uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're, we're winding the season down, but a lot of cool stuff going on in the SEC and college football as a whole. And uh, Brenda, I do appreciate you coming on the show. And if everybody wanted to uh, find you online and uh, check out all the stuff you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at Eisman underscore sports. Uh, you can also find all of my LSU content over at LSU Tigers Wire. You can find my Arkansas Razorbacks coverage over at Last Word on College Football. And you can find my LSU Breakdown podcast over on Apple, Spotify, Spreaker.com, and Anchor. All right, man. Sounds good. And I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is a Saturday podcast for everybody that wonder. We actually did record this on Thursday night. So uh, this is not uh, something we did on, on Saturday morning or anything. But uh, once again, Brandon, I do appreciate your time. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, man. I look forward to doing it again. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Talking SEC. Once again, thanks to Brandon Eisman for being on the show to preview and pick all the games this weekend. And Brandon will be back with me toward the end of next week to do the exact same thing. Uh, remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. You can find a podcast on social media at Talking SEC Pod. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and all your favorite podcast platforms. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. I'll be back on Monday. I will be solo. I will be recapping, giving my thoughts on all the weekend's SEC games and look at college football as a whole, see how the landscape may have changed as we're heading closer and closer to the end of the regular season. And confirmed for next week on Tuesday, you will hear Coach Max Howell make his return to the show. And on Wednesday, long time People have been waiting for this guy to come back on the show. I'm glad uh, we could uh, get him on. I'll be joined by Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News on Wednesday. And working on a pretty awesome guest for the Thursday show. And, of course, Brandon will be on with me on Friday to close out the week. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Until Monday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Talkin' SEC. Follow Philip on social media at P. Jordan SEC and the show at Talkin' SEC Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.
we'll see you next time when we're talking SEC.